Welcome to the ICANN Podcast, the podcast of the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Indiana Catholic Conference is the official public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of Indiana. Welcome back to the ICANN Podcast. This is Alexander. And Angela. And today we have a special session wrap-up because we never got to that immediately after the special session. But now that things have kind of cooled down and we've been able to see how uh, you know the last weeks after the session have played out, I think this is a good time for us to talk about what happened during the special session and just give you a summary. Well, maybe you've already seen we have a uh, post on our website, blog post, that has a summary of both Senate Bill 1, which is actually SEA 1. Which means that it was enacted. Mm-hmm. What, what is it? Senate Enrolled Act, right? Senate Enrolled Act. Uh, Take effect September 15th. Mm-hmm. And so also SEA 2 is now law as well. So we'll go through both of those. We'll talk about the highlights of each of those in our summary today, and then we'll have uh, a little bit more information at the end of the podcast. So Angela, you wanna get us started in talking about uh, the provisions in SEA 1, because I think there's there are many people who have probably heard uh, what these bills did, and uh, I think sometimes maybe they're just little audio bites and uh, little pieces here and there, but can you kind of give us a rundown of what it actually does? Sure. Um, SEA 1, depending on your perspective, um, is a bill that is pro-life, or some will say that it, you know, bans abortion. Um, The reason some people will say that it bans abortion is because we did have abortion on the statute prior to the Dobbs decision, and while Indiana still has um, abortion, uh, in theory, Um, it is severely curtailed. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a difficult process. There were some people who are um, adamantly pro-life who didn't want any exceptions. They didn't want any exceptions for rape or incest, which this bill does allow, but only up to 10 weeks. And 10 weeks was actually a compromise because originally there was talk of up to 12 weeks for someone who was under the age of 16, and then um, eight, eight weeks. weeks for someone older than Both, 16. Mm-hmm. With the thinking being that someone young might not actually know that they're pregnant, so they were given a little bit more time. And through the compromise process, they ended up on 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. There was also an exception for the life of the mother or extreme um, harm to the mother's health. And then the final exception goes for um, severe fetal anomaly. Another thing that the the law does that a lot of uh, the media didn't focus on is that it immediately terminates the license of abortion clinics Mm -hmm. or the ability for these facilities outside of hospitals to do abortions. Mm -hmm. And we've heard that Planned Parenthood is thinking about filing an injunction um, because They say that that would severely limit what they're able to do. But in the same statement, Planned Parenthood's talked about how they do other things. Um, So 
whether or not they decide to file for an injunction and whether or not they'll be successful, no one knows. My, my feeling is that they probably in the long run won't be because it doesn't necessarily have to put Planned Parenthood out of business because they can still dispense contraceptives or talk about, um, you know, healthy growth. Um, so we'll see. Mm. I want to go back to the uh, lethal fetal anomaly exception for just a second because I think when uh, when people hear that or when they when they hear fetal anomaly, uh, I think some people think about uh, a diagnosis like Down syndrome. Yeah. And um, oh, let me. I said severe. It's act, the the wording is actually lethal. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're talking about a fetal anomaly that they think that doctors with all the best evidence that they have will end up result in the death of the unborn right and and indiana does have a specific law that prevents quote-unquote discrimination um, and aborting a a child for a reason like down syndrome or because of their gender or um, some other uh, some other reasons. So, just wanted to be clear about that exception, what it what it means, uh, and, and what it doesn't mean as well. So, a- another interesting question that came up during debate in the General Assembly was, how will this law be enforced? And so, there was some questions about if a uh, if a county prosecutor um, didn't want to enforce the law the legislature tried to uh, find a way around that more or less so what did they what did they come up with to try to address the the actual enforcement of the law the the law allows for 11 person prosecutorial task force to review the cases in individual counties to determine whether or not that prosecutor um, has violated the law mm-hmm. originally um, there was an amendment that would allow for the attorney general um, to swoop in and to be able to make that determination on his own. And that uh, got fairly political because our attorney general um, has been in the news because he made some statements um, about a doctor who had um, administered um, pregnancy terminating drugs to the 10-year-old from Ohio um, without talking with the Department of Public Health, and so not wanting it to go forward in a political or partisan manner, um, this committee was put into to put into law. Um, one thing I did I wanted to point out is that some people, you know, question well since we have this new law, what about the old laws? You know, we had laws because um, we're trying to in Indiana there had been a push to to curb the number of abortions or to at least have people be thoughtful about the process. And so there was, uh, there is a law that there's two visits. Um, um, there is a law that they have to have an ultrasound at least 18 hours before. There is a law that fetal remains cannot be treated as contaminated waste and just you know thrown in the garbage. Those laws still exist, even though we have SEA1. So, yeah, I think that really sums up what SEA1 does, and we're happy to answer any questions if anybody has further questions about SEA1. So let's move to SEA2, and this is the bill that I think doesn't 
often get as much coverage. So let's talk about that because I think that bill was also very important to the church and to the priorities and the things that we wanted to see coming out of the special session. A $200 tax refund for Hoosiers Mm -hmm. um, who filed a tax return. Um, I just heard this morning that if you didn't file a tax return, then because maybe you received Social Security, then you when you file for next year's taxes, it could show up as a credit. Um, and um, that all of those should be done sometime in November. So if you haven't received it yet, they've already started going out. I've received mine in my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, I did too. But if you haven't received it, you wait until November uh, because it's an ongoing process. Now, on the Helping Mothers and Babies, there's money that's going to go to the Real Alternative uh, Pregnancy and Parenting Support Program, to the Safety Pin Program, which helps... Um, Newborns, um, there's uh, community grants for newborn safety devices, but it's only $1 million. And remember, we have over 90 counties. There is funds for education on natural family planning. And we hope that, you know, that there will be some education around that. And so that people know that that's an option. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good summary of what uh, Senate Bill 2, um, SEA 2 did. And um, I guess the next question is, well, what now? What happens next? And what will the ICC be looking at? And what can we put on the uh, members of ICANN? What can we put on their radar for what is going to happen, say, in a future session? So from both the legal perspective, but then also what's happening in their, in their parishes and, and what what might they look um, to themselves to be doing? How can we encourage others to do uh, well, take what, those next steps? What comes next from a you know the political standpoint is that we want you know people who say that they are pro-life to show it in in, in action and in their deeds. Um, more funding, um, more funding for families, more fun- funding for babies. We want to revisit the conversation about pregnancy accommodations. If babies are going to be born, women should be in a work environment, uh, if they choose to work, that it's safe for them. And if you need accommodations for that to happen, we want to have a a realistic conversation about that because the current law is inadequate. Um, We also, again, will talk about the temporary assistance to needy families, TANF, Mm -hmm. so you can get that increased. bringing back up um, the amendment that was offered for uninsured mothers to be able um, to receive uh, a Medicaid waiver so that they can get, you know, the prenatal care that they need. We, you know, Indiana, infant mortality rate is, you know, not where it should be. Mm -hmm. And so we, um, we would like to see that. We would like to just see more accompaniment, um, in, in the form of programs. And so we will be asking people to, you know, contact their lawmakers to, you know, tell them that, you know, changing the law was a first step. But if we're going to have somewhere between, you know, six and 8,000 more babies born in the state of Indiana, and we know that currently over 50% of the babies are born, are born to families who need Medicaid assistance, then it's likely that these additional babies will need assistance also, and we cannot turn a blind eye. Also with that, 
we need to remember the full spectrum of respecting the dignity of life. Indiana is still a state that has the death penalty. And for all of those people who were passionate about being pro-life and leaning on their faith, you know, then it's pretty simple. Thou shalt not kill. And the death penalty does that. And so we would like to see a conversation about ending the death penalty in, in the state of Indiana also. Uh, so in closing here, I think we just want to say thank you to all of you who have been listening and following our updates throughout this special session and want to encourage you that if you're listening to the this podcast and you haven't yet signed up for our action alerts for some reason, please do that on our website. And then we also have a, a special invitation for anybody who's been following along closely. If you think that your parish, uh, if you know that your parish doesn't doesn't have an ICANN liaison yet, uh, we want to invite you to consider that. Um, and if you want to know more about it, reach out to us. But the, the basic uh, understanding of the role is it's a, a more intentional bridge between your parish, your religious community, your workplace, wherever it is, um, between that community and the ICC. And so actually just this past weekend, we had a good uh, initial ICANN liaison orientation with a small number of our liaisons who have signed up so far. So if you'd like to be a part of that and be in more intentional conversation with us moving forward and uh, more engaged with us in in future sessions, we invite you to to, uh, apply for that. There's a page on our website that tells you how to do that. And also at a more local level, um, if your parish has social justice or social concerns, ask them if they have a plan on how they can continue to accompany mothers who may be in need or distress um, with either an unplanned pregnancy or a pregnancy um, that has some challenges and difficulties. Um, See if your parish, you know, offer services or if they're planning on broadening those services. Yeah, and I think a good way to go about doing that, there's several good programs. The USCCB has one called Walking with Moms in Need that we've mentioned many times. Um, That can be an an inventory and a discernment process that your parish can take on. So if you haven't already done that, we encourage you to look at it because now is a great time to do that. Thank you. I think that's all we have for our wrap-up summary podcast for the special session. Thanks for joining us as always. And we'll be back in touch sometime, um, probably before Christmas, to let you know what we'll be getting ready for when